What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It is Matthew Swarthout, your host, ready to go. Um, today, we're talking about bats. Like usual, can have a great time. Um, but today is a special episode, episode two. Uh, we are going to be chatting with friends. And you know what that means? We have a special guest. Our guest is Stella Young from Kalamazoo College. And here she is. Hi, I'm Stella, a junior poli sci major. All right. Yeah. So Stella is uh, is tuning in from her phone right now, which is why she sounds like that. Uh, but in this socially distant world, sometimes you gotta you gotta deal with what you got. So we're really excited about her to be here today, um, especially since she's a poli sci major. We'll be able to talk to her about some policy and some political stuff that goes on in the environmental world. Um, so let's just hop right into it. Uh, a review from last podcast is uh, we talked a lot about bats and how they hunt through echolocation. Um, and we were talking about how urbanization has affected their hunting patterns um, because of noise pollution and stuff like that. Today we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of a, a little bit of a change. Um, today we're gonna shift a little bit further away from echolocation but still stay on bats. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna touch on echolocation a little bit too. So I'm going to tell you the overview of the podcast. We're going to discuss bats because I know that's what we're all here for. Um, but regarding bats, we're going to talk about their native natural habitats and how they've changed. Uh, that was a lot of feedback I got in my last episode. We want to know more about bats and their habitats. And we're also going to have an emphasis on protected lands for bats and for other animals in this episode. And then why Stella's here, we're also going to talk about the legislation um, and how environmental legislation can be passed to protect these animals and other animals. Um, and then to finish up the episode, we're just going to talk with Cell about her national park uh, experiences and her different protected land experiences, um, just to kind of get that going. So the first part of the talk, bats live all over the place in the United States. Uh, they're kind of in every region of the United States. Um, as you probably know, they prefer caves and dark places during the day. But they can travel 50 miles um, from where they call their home base and they always make it back to that one place because bats, like us, always like to find their way home. Um, but since they like to have their same place where they come back to, this is how the increasing urban sprawl is starting to affect their areas they like to hunt. Um, urban sprawl, like we talked about last episode, is how the urban environment just keeps spreading out and taking up even more of uh, the planet's surface area. So bats from their first location are now having to hunt in more urban areas because of that sprawl. Um, and because of this, a lot of them have become city dwellers. Um, a lot of uh, abandoned buildings, uh, such as the, um, the Michigan Railway Station in Detroit, there were a ton of bats in there before they renovated that. So bats have been having to change their environments based on what we're doing. But since bats are more in these cities and stuff, they're also being um, affected more by noise pollution. As we all know, cities are pretty loud compared to the plains and stuff. So bats are starting to move away from these cities and stuff. Bats were always pretty highly populated on the East Coast, um, New York, Boston, Philadelphia area, but they've had to shift further away um, because of all that noise pollution that we talked about earlier. Um, but also the habitat destruction, uh, they like to live in caves, but also there's a lot of tree dwellers. So deforestation and stuff like that on the East Coast has been causing the, uh, causing the bats to move a little bit 
more west. Um, so Stella's here, so we're gonna take advantage of her. Let's see what we got. Um, she's a political science expert, being a junior in college at Kalamazoo College, poli sci major. <laughs> um, so Stella, do you have, first off, do you have like any experience with bats? Um, I met a little brown bat once when I was a junior in high school at the Conserve School in Northern Wisconsin. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I think they're pretty cute. Okay. But I've good. only met the one. Only met the one. And you you met the bat. So was it someone's pet or was it a sanctuary or? Um, someone came to the school, um, from a sanctuary and they brought this little bat for us to meet. Um. I think it's like cold or anything. The lady from the sanctuary handled it the entire time. But yeah. that's so pretty cool. Yeah, my just... my listeners know that I, I mentioned a story that's pretty similar to that in my last episode. So very cool. Wow, I'll I'll have to listen. You'll have to listen. I'm surprised you haven't already. Um, <laughs> so let's give you a little quiz real quick. Stella. All right. What percentage of bat species are considered endangered? What do you think? Uh, I don't know, 5%? 5%? That's a, that's a pretty small percentage. That's like maybe what you think. But actually, it's around 18%, which is a ton of, uh, a ton of species compared to like another large group such as birds. Um, they're only at around 9%. Given they do have more species inside their genus, but it's a little bit, uh, so it's it's still bad um and since bats get that bad reputation of like being scary and dwelling in the dark and carrying diseases they're not going to be protected as much so that's also a big problem so stella you're here because of your expertise in politics that i keep saying which i'm kind of digging the hole here but um my limited understanding of politics is that the end game of it is mostly like money. Money has to do with a lot of politics. Am I am I kind of correct there? For sure, money definitely dictates um, the world of politics. Um, unfortunately, that usually gets in the way of um, important environmental policies being passed um, because people in Congress or sometimes in the presidency do not want to spend the extra money that it may take to save creatures like bats and our environment yeah that's that's kind of what i thought definitely with environmental legislation and stuff but i've got this cool statistic um that bats save the u.s agricultural industry about four billion dollars a year because bats eat so many insects um it's said that a bat can eat their weight in insects every day, which is uh, which is pretty impressive, especially because insects weigh not that much. Um, and a couple of studies have said that they can eat up to 1,200 mosquitoes in an hour, um, which is a ton of mosquitoes. Myself, I'm not a big fan of mosquitoes. This is actually why my, uh, my family built a bat house that was on our chimney because we wanted more bats in the backyard because mosquitoes were kind of a big problem. So like that's a ton, right? Um, that's that's a big advantage of a bat, um, especially in the agricultural industry, getting rid of all those pests. Um, so it's kind of odd that they're not protected as much. I feel like that is kind of overlooked. Um, but bats are not completely um, kicked to the curb. They are federally protected. Uh, to be an endangered species, you have to have an official endangered status by the federal government. So they do kind of care about them. So it's illegal to kill bats and to like, I 
keep them as pets unless like a sanctuary kind of deal. Um, but it's also, they've also talked about they have some protected bat habitats on a lot of governmental websites, but it's really hard to find information on these protected areas. Most of them are kind of lumped in with national parks or national forests or national shorelines and stuff. There's not really specific places where bats are protected, which also might lead to like the non-specificity kind of leads to the increase of endangerment. So an important part of all ecology um, and all environmental science that we've been talking about is just like protection of our land for so many resources like we talk about and just it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to see uh, the protection of that when you when uh, everything kind of is lumped in together. Uh, so Stella, environmental legislature, can you talk to us about it? So how does making a federally protected land work or just like how do you how do you what is the process of like a bill into a law? Just kind of I'm just not really not 100 percent sure on that. My my knowledge of this kind of goes back to like Schoolhouse Rock. So just, I don't know, what, what, do you, what do you got? I was definitely going to mention Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> um, well, you claim that I'm an expert, and I think that's a little bit of a strong word. Um, you know more than me, right? My understanding, a president can make, um, through an executive order, they can make land federally protected. I think Obama did that a lot towards the end of his second term um, because executive orders don't go through Congress. Um, But um, environmental legislature is kind of um, a tricky topic in Congress. It's very divisive. um, And so it can be really hard to pass important environmental legislature through. Congress, just because um, it's got to pass through both houses and then go to the president, right? So it's got to pass through a lot of hands before it even reaches the president's desk. Um, And of course, the president can still veto it, but then it goes back to Congress. And it's a long process to override that veto. Um, So... Do Do you know how long, like, the average bill would take to get through the system? It really, it depends. It depends on um, who controls the House, the Senate, the presidency. Like right now, it's pretty much dominated by Democrats. Um, so if someone has a majority, they can pass bills and things that they support. But if it's split or if, mm-hmm. you know, it really just depends. So like things like environmental policy and like gun control is another very divisive um, topic. It just really depends on how, how know, it's topic split up. It yeah, because we're, we're recently into a shift into a into all, uh, majority majority and president, right? So that yeah. that shift is, I mean, it's already caused a lot of uh, a lot of change even in these first couple days really well president biden has used a lot of executive orders recently just trying to overturn um a lot of the some of the policies that were passed by former president trump gotcha well i was reading that um just a bill into a law if you don't do the executive order route which sounds like a great route (laughs) um 
<laughs> it's only around two percent of bills make it through. Um, that was our last uh, our last Congress. Um, so it just seems like it's kind of it's really difficult to make that happen. But that executive order route, I hadn't even thought about um, very much. I usually hear of executive orders um, or just based on COVID, to be honest, that kind of that uh, that language wasn't really on my radar until this pandemic. Um, but that's that's a really interesting point. Um, cool. So Stella, you're a poli sci major, but that is not all of you. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, we said that we talk a little bit about um, national parks and different protected areas and stuff. Um, you're interested in the national, the the natural world, right? I, I've seen you at the ARB a couple times, right? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up basically in the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Sweet. So, um, I think my road is like the dividing line or something. It's right in my backyard, cool. um, which is pretty fortunate. Um, and I also went to the Conserve School, like I mentioned before, which is in northern Wisconsin. Um, was that right in high school? Mm-hmm. Was that in high school or was that a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My junior year of high school. My That's fall awful. semester. Um, and that borders with the Sylvania Wilderness um, National Forest up there. So I've pretty much spent my entire life in the woods. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned Sleeping Bear and... I just happened to have a fact about Sleeping Bear because I had a feeling maybe you lived over there. Um, they're home to five different species of bats, which is really cool. Um, that would be the big brown bat, which my personal favorite name, the ori, ori bat, the little brown bat, the silver haired bat. You met the, the little brown bat? That's the one that you met? Yeah. Cool. Uh, the silver head bat and then the red bat so there's a lot there um and just in those areas like the the sylvania wilderness and the sleeping bear wilderness that you mentioned are just really great for bats because of the lack of noise and other pollutants and they can really live there but they're still not 100 percent safe um back in 2014 uh national parks uh published this article about how the emerald ash borer over in the sleeping bear area had been destroying a lot of native trees and that's where a lot of these um, a lot of these species of bats hang out on that area. So they're getting rid of their um, getting rid of their environment as well. And it just it thinks that the bats can't eat all those emerald ash borers, but it's all good. Um, so we're gonna end, which is a few fun facts. Uh, today, the United States rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, which is really exciting. Um, we're all celebrating. Very excited about that. So now we're going to be back on track with climate, which is great. Um, And a couple bat facts, because this is a bat podcast. Um, Number one, the largest bats can have a wingspan up to six feet, which is huge. These are bats in the the Pacific Northwest, um, and they can just get huge. Um, Most bats only have one pup a year, so that's only one a year, which is why they're kind of uh, susceptible to extinction and endangerment, because they don't have really big um, litters. Um, But bats can live up to 30 years, which is really surprising based on how big they are. Smaller organisms like that don't usually live that long. So um, just today we talked about the native natural habitats of bats and how they've changed. Uh, We talked about legislation with Stella. Thank you so much for that. Um, and how environmental legislation can be passed and about executive orders and stuff like that. 
Um, and then we also talked about national park experience and protected land experience. Um, so this was a great time. Thanks so much, Stella, for coming out. Thank you for having me as your expert. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. And uh, stay tuned for next time. All right. Talk to y'all later.